Good early morning. Early morning for me. I was like wide awake at 4 a.m. something. So I thought I would just um, talk about the zany questions that I tend to have. Um, I'm, I thought they were simple questions. I'm, I thought I was trying to do something really simple. But I just tend to get into these like rabbit holes that go crazy places and I discover all this weird stuff and then I ask more questions and then that leads to entirely new realms of stuff that I, I had no intention of delving into but it's like okay I learned something so and good afternoon Mo. Um, so it is 6.19ish right now for me been up since 4ish so excuse me if I'm uh, not my usual fully coherent self, which is a rare thing. Okay, so let's take a look at what's going on here. So, no particular order. Um, I was trying to do something, and I was trying to take a screenshot of Business Central. And if you've ever tried to do this, you like may be familiar with this situation. So this is a job journal page, and the job journal lines have lots of fields and you can scroll to the left and the fields go on and on and on. And some are better than others, some are worse than others. And yes, you can use personalized to hide or show fields, but sometimes you need to see um, 30 fields across, right? Like that's just kind of the design of the UI. And so I'm like, okay, I've had to do this before. It's a pain in the butt. So I asked on Twitter, like, is there some magical technique that I'm missing about how to take a screenshot of something that's three monitors wide? And this will be a recurring theme in this episode. And I'm like, this is kind of a hassle. And like, it's not Business Central's fault per se. It's just the design of the UI used a grid. And in some respects, there are some efficiencies there. I come from the Dynamics GP world where the grids will be multi-line grids. So each row in the grid can have multiple lines of fields. So it's kind of stacked fields. And that has pros and cons as well. So it is horizontally compact, but you end up having a, a more vertical real estate you need to traverse. So, okay, so we've got this screen of a job journal and you got to scroll left and right. So how do you take screenshots of this? So I asked this on Twitter and um, Kelly Gustafson uh, pointed out that Snagit has a panoramic scroll feature. Now, this must be kind of new, at least the word panoramic, because I know they used to have a scrolling window feature. I just assumed that was always vertical scrolling. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe it previously did support horizontal scrolling, but... They apparently now call it panoramic in Snagit. So you set up the panoramic selection option here. 
you click start and you can have a shortcut for all this, but I don't normally use it. So I chose panoramic, I hit capture, and then it'll give you a start and stop prompt and you can slide the horizontal scroll bar. You can even do vertical and horizontal scrolling in one screenshot. It's kind of bonkers. So you can scroll down and then scroll across and it's going to capture this like big L-shaped screen capture. Um, pretty cool, but a few caveats. One is if you're capturing content that doesn't slide with your scrolling, it's going to duplicate. So Snagit gets a little confused like, uh, I'm just going to kind of smear this header stuff at the top and it ends up repeating and you can you can easily cut this out, but that doesn't come out uh, correctly in this case. So what I did is I took a screenshot, uh, the capture area, I included the header along with the scroll bar that I was moving and it's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to start duplicating this stuff. So you notice highlighted in red, that's what happens. So that is one option to capture the screenshot. But that really wasn't my issue. Like, I can kind of get the screenshot, but ultimately my goal is, how do I put this in a Word document? Like, how do I share this? Even if you paste it in an email, it's like three monitors wide and it, it gets kind of crazy. Like there's just no way to view this much data on one screen. So um, Shannon Mullins uh, reminded me of the zoom out and, and that is an option in your browser. You can do crawl, crawl. You can do cr <laughs> one moment, some coffee. Crawl. Yes, you can crawl or you can do control scroll wheel on your mouse or control minus plus maybe whatever the um, shortcuts are for zooming in and out in your browser. And you can uh, zoom out, take a picture. Everything is going to be tiny. You're going to get all your fields, but it's going to be like microscopic, right? And uh, if I do that, yep, that does work. And that is probably... It's more convenient than having to use the um, horizontal scroll and do a panoramic capture because you're not having to, you know, do 12 steps. So scroll out or zoom out, capture, and then you're left with, okay, what do I do with this thing that's super wide, right? Wide load screenshots. So, okay, so you've got your screenshot, but like, how do you put this in a Word doc? How do you paste it somewhere? How do you communicate it in an email, wherever you're going to paste it? Well, one kind of low tech crude approach is you can split it and just stack it vertically. So instead of horizontally, you grab half, you slide it underneath. And with Snagit Editor, it's super easy to do that. Um, you know, I, I know there are other editors on the planet, but um, let's see if I can do this. Okay, so here is Snagit Editor, and I've been using Snagit for years. It's just like my go-to tool. And so I can very easily highlight this and move it and stack it that way. Or I can say, well, I really only want to stack this. And so I can do this. And it's like, well, what do you do with the top? And I can just trim it or you can say, well, let's just slide this over because we do want to retain stuff at the top. So you can kind of cheat doing stuff like this. And 
I assemble screenshots like this all the time because it's just visually it's not efficient. Stuff is all over the place. So I slide stuff and compact it. It does take me, you know, 30 seconds to do, but it results in a much cleaner end result, especially if I'm putting in this into documentation, for instance. So it's worth the investment for a quick email, maybe not. But so that's kind of the split and stack for lack of a better term. So that's an option. Okay. And now once you have that, you can paste it into a Word document like this. And this is the ultimate goal. I forgot why I included these screenshots. So this is that screenshot pasted into Word. So it works. Is it pretty? No. Does it get your point across? Yes. Okay. So another option that I've done as well, this is much more tedious, is select and slide. And, you know, I'm making up stupid names for this stuff. And so first you're going to try to use personalize to minimize the columns on these horizontal scrolling grids, right? So if you have 20 columns there and you only need 15, get rid of the five you don't need to kind of consolidate things. And you'll notice here this top... Um, I'm moving my mouse. This top uh, grid is smaller. It's kind of subtle. But what I did is I tried to get rid of all the extra space. So department code, you may see, has some extra space. So I kind of slid customer group over. I got rid of the gap in line amount, unit price, all these little gaps that are in front. So you notice quantity here has some white space. And then quantity here is narrower. And so... That's also very easy to do with Snagit, um, but it is more tedious, right? So for instance, I just have to highlight this and I just use my left arrow and control shift T and then left arrow, control shift T. So I've done this quite a few times as well. If I really want a clean screenshot that has the columns nice and narrow. Because as far as I could tell, the column resizing either doesn't work or maybe I'm just not doing it right. Um, but it's also pretty tedious. So that's another option, the select and slide, whatever you want to call that. Consolidate, narrow, something like that. So that's another option to try to get this on a Word document. Next up, um, Tin had a, had a great point and... Uh, to use export in Excel. So on some windows, right, or some pages in Business Central, uh, transaction or data entry or list pages, for instance, you can do export to Excel. But it does output all your fields and you can scroll back and forth. But again, putting this into a Word document or pasting it, you still have a horizontal issue. Um, you can resize your columns, make them narrower, but it's still kind of messy. Like there's only so much you can do to compact that data. Um, so I've kind of gone with the, if, if I really need to see all the fields, I've just split it and stacked it. And so the context was I was trying to create automated test script documentation saying, okay, here are the field values I want. Here's what I want this to look like in the window. And that's why I'm doing this. So this all started with just trying to create a simple test script and document it so that the developer can say, okay, 
Here are the exact fields I need. Here are the exact values. Here's what it's going to look like. And yes, I could just have the text version up at the top, but I do want to have screenshots just for confirmation of this is what it looks like. So while trying to do this task, I went on this journey of, okay, how do I like screenshot this stuff? Next up, how do you prepare for table obsolescence in Business Central? We were adding a effectively like a join or a lookup in some code, and we wanted to look something up in the resource cost table. Um, Okay, so uh, actually a comment from Jeremy. When I'm coding or writing specs, not creating user-facing documents, I'll do export to Excel, then transpose so it's vertical. Interesting idea. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, I could take that, or you can take this horizontal representation, and Excel has a, you can highlight these rows, and you can do a transpose feature, and it'll flip them vertically. That's an interesting idea. Um, huh, okay, I'll have to try that. And so for a developer just providing sample values, that might be an option if you have the export to Excel uh, available on that particular page. Now, I'm gonna show some examples where that is just not an option, unfortunately, at least not that I'm aware of using the standard window. So um, good mention. Um, so yes, it depends on whether it's internal, customer-facing, documentation, whatever, and how clear or clean it needs to be. So, okay, so how do you prepare for table obolescence? Obeliscence? Obolescence? We were working with this resource cost table, and we got a warning in VS Code down here. And it says table resource cost is marked for removal. What? Replaced by the new implementation V16 of price calculation. What? So here we are on Business Central 19, and three of us were on a call looking at this like, what is going on? None of us knew about this. And a couple components of this. Maybe we kind of had seen the new price calculation feature somewhere listed in a new features document in 17 or something. But we forgot, right? We're on V19 now. I can't even remember when 16 was. It sounds like six years ago. And two, even if we would have known about price the new price feature, I'm going to bet there is zero chance we would have known that resource cost table is being obsoleted and completely replaced with this new pricing feature. Okay, so that was kind of like a wake up call, like, whoa, wait a minute, how did we miss this, right? We can't keep track of everything, but we're sitting there writing code and it's like, warning, this is gonna go away. So we're looking at this like, okay, what does this mean? Resource cost is going to be replaced by the new implementation of price calculation, table price list line. Okay, so we kind of stared at this in concern because the resource cost table is a pretty fundamental component 
of the job journals that we're working with with this customer. So if resource cost is going away, this customer's entire process is going to change by, as I've now learned, version 22. Okay, wake up call, but let's just kind of ignore that concern for now. And okay, so we're just like, well, wait a minute, table price list, how do we see what's in there? So I said, okay, this is the resource cost table. And so you see up above, we have resource costs for Catherine Hull and we have regular time, overtime. Okay, so here we have resource cost table and resource cost 202 is the table. And we see this warning that it's gonna be replaced, fine. So when we look at resource cost table, we can go into the table information page. We see I have three sample records in this case in Cronus and I can click on that and I can view what's in those table, in that table. And I see Catherine has three work type codes and these are the unit costs for Catherine. Got it. So when I go to the price list line table, um, I see price list code, line number. Sorry, let me, um, okay. I see price list code, line number, assigned to type. And I go across and I'm like, wait a minute. Where is my unit cost? I see a unit of measure code. I see no costs. I see no price. Like, I, I don't see any dollar amounts in this table. What's going on? There is nothing to show in this view, so I have no data to, to look at, but I'm looking at the field names. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Well, it turns out that when you view table, it brings this up and it does not show all of your fields. And we were staring at this like, this makes no sense. How can this table replace resource costs? Like there just aren't any fields to do that. So I have since realized that you can make your browser wider and wider and wider, whether you zoom out or in my case as a joke, I stretch this across two monitors wide and I still can't see all of the fields. There's more fields. It goes on and on and on. I'm like, what? And there's no scroll bar. If you look at the bottom of my monitor, there's no horizontal scroll bar. You literally cannot see all the fields. Now I could try to scroll out, but it's going to be so small I won't be able to see it. And I thought, um, this is broken? Like, this doesn't work. Like, what's going on? So someone on Twitter said, well, have you tried view table data? That's what I use. And okay, so view table data, you there's a web page describing this. You can take your tenant and do question mark table equals. In this case, it's 7001. And that is exactly the same. So what that does is it resolves to this page 9599 and it, it's like doing a temp table or something and it renders this information. Exactly the same, no horizontal scroll bar. So if you do table information, view table or view table data using the URL, you will not see all of the fields and you will have no scroll bar. 
So after staring at this and clicking around for probably an hour, I found the view table trick. Now, maybe this is obvious to everyone else. It was not at all obvious to me. I did it totally accidentally. Well, you need to click on the open this page in a new window icon in the upper right corner of the view table information page. That pops it up into kind of a borderless browser window. That window does have a horizontal scroll bar and you can then scroll all the way over and you can see all of your fields. This is the only way I was able to find within an hour or so to view all of the fields for a table. I was not able to like obviously find another way. So <laughs> if you do that, you can now scroll and you can now see that there are three monitors wide, three monitors worth of fields in the price list line table. And then I finally found unit cost. And you see we have unit price, cost factor, unit cost, discount. We have line amount, status, on and on and on and on. So my interpretation is that the prices and the costs are kind of being consolidated in this price list and price list line tables. Okay, kind of makes sense fundamentally, but how do you use this? I, I couldn't figure out. Okay, so why do I have no records? How do I add a record? And so then uh, Fenno mentions, oh, I see there's a copy function available in the repo which copies resource costs to price list lines with price type equal purchase. I guess this function is used when feature is enabled as a conversion feature. And I'm like, wait, what? Because I, I didn't remember the the pricing change feature. And so I'm just catching up like what's going on. So my copy, wait, copy from what, what does this mean? And then Eric says, well, I had a customer that accidentally switched over. It didn't work, had all sorts of problems. So we had to turn it off. And then uh, Miljan um, says that it does work, take some time to get to use it. And I'm like, okay, wait, what's going on? And then it kind of finally slowly kicks in. I look for, um, let's see if I can uh, take a look. And so in Business Central, if I go to price list, I'm like, okay, purchase price list. When I click on that to go to that page, this page is used by a feature that is not enabled. For more information, see feature management. Ah, got it. So this is a feature that they are planning to phase in and they're allowing you to opt in. And this is the, the design of Business Central. It's a kind of a nice feature. So here we see new sales pricing experience. And this is update 22 is when it will be automatically enabled and but right now it is disabled for my company. And you can click on learn more and it talks about this. I'm like, ah. So it's like an expansion of prices, but they're also pushing costs in there as well. So yeah, 2020 wave one, we introduced a new way to extend price calculation. 
So it's part of price calculation, but it's also pulling in unit costs. And yeah, so I thought I was asking a simple question of just wanting to figure out why we're getting this code warning. And yep, so there we go. It is part of the float it. Okay, so yep, there's the price list line 7001, but there's not going to be anything in it until you enable the new sales price experience. And if you do have any existing prices or costs, those should theoretically copy over, but you may wanna just validate that this works and be careful to do this in a test environment or sandbox environment first. So yeah, that was my adventure. And all of this came about because of this warning in our code. Um, and so that sent me down the path of trying to find the tables, trying to take screenshots, trying to document things. So yeah, interesting adventure. Um, anyway, so I need some sleep. And um, yep, so those are some Business Central questions I had. Screenshots, finding tables, table obsolescence and how we're going to deal with that. And that actually led to the question like, okay, the customer's using this for jobs. We're going to be using it for a PTE. We're going to have to be careful and we're going to, at least now we're able to warn the, the uh, customer and say, hey, by the way, you're going to have to do some adjustments in your business process and your business central. And we're going to have to modify this PTE at some point in the future. So at least we know, so it's good to have those warnings from the code. Um, yeah, so hope that was helpful. Sorry for the rambling. And um, yeah, if you have any good trip trips, tips for uh, taking screenshots, um, putting wide screenshots into a document or sharing those screenshots, making them narrower, um, I'm all ears and uh, what else? Any tricks for showing all the fields with a scroll bar and table information or view table? That would be helpful. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to go get some breakfast or something. Have a good one. And um, yeah, ask some zany business central questions. Enjoy.